Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Nat. Hi, Sandy. I'm sad. Don't be sad. I'm sad and excited. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Changes. Yeah. I don't know. It's good and bad and necessary and all the things. I want to miss you. I'm oh, I miss know. regular talk. I think we'll still talk. We still have to talk. I don't think we should just not talk. Yes. This is not an end to mm-hmm. us, me and you. Yeah. <laughs> don't break up with me. We can have, yeah. we can have like little coffee dates. Oh, that'd be so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Virtual coffee and, dates. Um, and then you're going to share with me all these lovely recipes. We're always both on like food things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's important. It is. I'm going to miss being able to reach people though. I know. It's, it's Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, and I think recently we've gotten a lot of uh, really positive um, feedback and positive comments and I don't know, just a lot of really good stuff like just showing us that the work we've done so far has been well received, which is so appreciated. Um, and that what we're saying is hopefully helping you make a difference in how you teach and what you teach. Mm-hmm. I hope, yeah, I just wanted to allow people to ask questions and not feel like the information they've received from teachers or any type of training materials or blogs or anything is not, you know, the way. There's a bajillion ways for a bajillion reasons. Bajillion. Technical term. (laughs) Bajillion. Proven. Um, Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit of sciencey stuff and then we'll get really nostalgic and just cry? (laughs) (laughs) What what sciencey stuff do you want to talk about? Well, I think, okay, so this episode, our final, final episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, insert sad noise yeah whimper whimper (laughs) um we're we're just going to mention certain things that uh, we would love to have dived into but that I think require uh, or deserve um some proper examination and some proper thought and so to I guess throw it onto our listeners to continue to be challenged by these ideas that, you know, maybe start in our brains, but we have now communicated. So they're in your brains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of these we've partially communicated and they're kind of reminders and things we just want to leave. Yeah. Just leave people with to sit with and inquire about. Mm-hmm. And some of them are sciencey. Some of them are the way you teach. Some of them are the way you practice. I have some nutrition things in there. Mm-hmm. Um, life, just general life stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be decent. I wrote down 14 things and I wouldn't be surprised if more comes out while I'm spitting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a number. There's just, my brain is a mess right now. Let's just. I know. Okay. Also like you guys got engaged and then the next week you were buying wedding bands. It was like super impressive. You're on it. Did you just like, I want a friggin' ring or like you had the engagement ring. So (laughs) 
<laughs> no, we were just walking by and then we went in and then I wasn't actually like ready to put down a p- deposit. I was just like, let's just look. Um, but honestly, they didn't have that many choices. Mm-hmm. So um, and then I think he was pretty uh, we're, we're both pretty determined to buy from there. So we bought from um, Burks, B-I-R-K-S. Mm-hmm. And part of their proceeds go towards funding bee sanctuaries um, and protecting uh, wildlife for, for bees. So um, that's, both he and I were like, that's very cool. Yeah. I yeah, like this is a good good place to put a few thousand dollars. <laughs> I was going to tell you to just go to the mall like Eric and I did. Oh. <laughs> Nobody benefited from our purchase. No bees. That's okay. No bees were benefiting. <laughs> but you could, because we just went to Metro Town in Vancouver, and there are like 10 jewelry stars in the mall, and I'd never really, mm. I hate going to metro town and i hate going to malls unless i have a purpose and we did but it w- it was just like easy to go like one to another to another to another compare and see oh, wow. all the rings super quickly yeah but yeah if you have if you have the time to shop around and do something a little more ethically based in the means then definitely <laughs> do that that's really great yeah no i had no idea but he said when when he, the salesman was talking to him about the engagement ring he's like oh yeah that's sandy and so he he um, decided to buy it from there, but yeah, like I'm, I'm also not. I don't know if I would have gone to the trouble to find something ethic either. Like it wouldn't. I don't know if it would have crossed my mind. Which, bad girl, it should have. <laughs> Self well, admonishment. <laughs> yeah, there's like ethical diamonds, Canadian diamond, like non. That's right. Yeah, yeah. there's those kind of diamonds or diamonds from South Africa and Africa that are yeah, kind of like non-conflict diamonds. Mm-hmm. my yeah. we didn't for my ring because it was an in the family ring we didn't have to for the engagement ring oh my other one has little diamonds in it ah they're probably terrible dirty diamonds no Anyways. don't think that Anyways. maybe not maybe not you never know i don't know okay anyways there was like i was telling you before that documentary about food what was it called that oh, makes you rotten f- rotten that makes you feel yeah. bad about everything oh shit okay cook c- cacao in africa Worse than diamonds, probably. <laughs> really? Oh, shit. Oh. All right. I'll watch it. But then I'll if you it. don't buy it, you're not supporting them, and it gets worse. <laughs> it's so like, there's no winning. There's, there's no, no winning. winning. Fuck. But just now you know. Ugh. All right. I know. I know. Just, just live on a farm, make your own cacao, roast it. No, but then you're not then supporting the guys in Africa. It's true. You just all had right, to send right, your fine. proceeds there or something? Adopt a family? I have, actually, I don't know. I don't know the answer, Sandy. This is not yeah. one of my things to give advice about. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So we only wa- walked in to get like the wedding bands because we were there. And then he just decided like, oh, this is perfect. And we're like, all right, throw down some money. Let's go. And so they're they're being made for us now. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty decisive people yeah, sometimes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're so good. So pumped for you two. Yeah. We're excited. Okay, okay. Tell me about some yoga things that we didn't have a chance to talk about, but you feel strongly about. Well, these are things the, like mine are usually almost all of them we've talked about to some degree, but they're like reminders. Okay, well, you'll 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 see that as I go through them. My number one. Well, like, okay, these are not like this is just the first thing that popped into my head, and some of them kind of <laughs> they kind of one feeds off another one. So all movement types, shapes that we make, ways to move our body lengthen and strengthen they are all good everything is beneficial for your body in some way (laughs) serious i would say 
they are good if they are appropriate. Because so I don't want like a 90 year old going out there doing a, you know, hit, bit, beat, you know, boxing heated thing. Um, exactly. So this is yeah. where rules about movement, kind of rules like air quotey rules and dogmatic ideas are spun out from people's experiences. And it is very different for every single person even if you're Mm -hmm. like a person who's making the same shape as another person all day um, with respect to how your nervous system is and your nutrition and so many other things and just like the chemistry of your body how much relaxing you have like one thing can feel good to you and be beneficial and not to the next person but usually it's with like the intensity the duration and the repetition is where something over time will start to not be beneficial or there could be other ways you can move and make shapes that will be more beneficial. But Mm -hmm. in general, like movement in your body, making certain shapes, I wouldn't say there's anything bad. It's just the how of you're doing it, repetition and how often and how long that can lead to dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So you have all these variables to play with as a teacher already. You have how long do I hold the pose? Uh, to what degree do I sink into the pose? Um, and do you know? Do I choose? Mm-hmm. Do I choose to do that pose or not? Right? Um, yeah, you have so many so many things to play with. It's great. Yeah, it's a great yeah. It's a great choice to have. So teachers who are kind of saying that this pose needs to be held for this amount of time. Just mm-hmm. check all that stuff out, please. <laughs> <laughs> or you have to do yeah. five vinyasas this way. Ooh, check it. yeah. Check it, check yeah. it. Yeah. Your hands have to be together at the top of your head. They have to be. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. There's just so many things to play into that. So everything yeah. can be beneficial if used appropriately. What's appropriate for your body? A bajillion things. And yes. just to, yes. as a teacher, be really inquisitive when something doesn't work for your students and throw out the idea that like, this is the way. And like when we're yeah. talking about alignment and like, this is the best way to do alignment, those are still pretty good. And, but there still are some buts, but do mm-hmm. this way for this situation, but change it like this for this situation. So there's no one way and everything is good. Okay. Can okay. I, can I jump in with one of mine? Yeah. Okay, so I want to leave people with this. I, well, one of the things I want to leave people with is to question your assists. So when you go up to someone and you ask them to change the way they're doing things, um, to question yourself whether you're doing it because you want to enhance their experience because something you think you can give them is better than what they're currently doing or because you want to correct them. Yeah, and what does better mean? Yeah, it's, it, that's exactly it. So why do you think suddenly your way is better? Why is bending your knee more better? Why is mm-hmm. feeling more better? Mm-hmm. Like, why? why? Why are you interrupting their... And maybe you're not interrupting. Maybe you're just very gently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, disrupting their their uh, focus for, for what reason, to gain what goal. Um, and of course, there are times when it's like a correction and you're like, no, don't do that. It looks like your hand is going to break. Like, please don't do that. Um but then that you have a good reason, right? So, yeah, yeah. Have so a reason. You could be um, trying to have them turn on a certain muscle or work a certain set of muscles together to create a shape that maybe you're going to make that same shape with your joints in the next posture. 
Um, so they need to practice like a certain amount of a bend in the knee or something like that. Also, does that person give a shit about the next posture? <laughs> if it's like a challenging <laughs> peak pose, whatever. Yeah. Maybe they, it's like a knee thing and you can get them to move their knee forward one more inch. That's fine. Or is it something where, yeah, you're seeing, um, some muscles that are overactive take over and you want to challenge that a little bit, or is it, Oh, I had another one and it's gone now. Something that mm-hmm. you think they're making a face and you think there is discomfort and you might first ask them, are you uncomfortable <laughs> before needing yeah, to change the shape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. Like just confirm your suspicion before you decide that they your your idea is better. Yeah. And I always like the yeah. language of like, are you able are you able to, for example, like move your shoulder blades apart more instead of like move your shoulder blades apart? Like, uh-huh. is this accessible in your body? And then yeah. like, okay, like that's somewhere we can come back to and we can work on that in a less loaded posture, for example. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So I think that's a really important, um, important thing to self, I guess, uh, examine when you go into a, a, t- a room where you're the teacher. Super important. Mm-hmm. 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 And not everything has to be done right in the class. You can take a moment with the student after, especially in something that's like weight bearing. I really like that. Yeah, I love that. It's super important. Okay, my turn? We go back and forth. All right, keep asking why. Keep asking why. Sandy and I have talked about so many things on this podcast that are kind of like scientifically based. Science changes and we're always finding out more. So are things that we've said and researched can be outdated and we've always just kind of looked at what's going on right now um keep asking why especially again if you have those kind of dogmatic teachers or things that have been taught to you in a dogmatic way ask why ask why especially with the energetics because that is so variable in every person what people feel like this posture gives you this type of energy or makes you feel this why why does that do that is that my experience is that actually my experience should i be teaching other people that maybe (laughs) and if there is some scientific literature out there like if you get to the root of it learn about it and then ask why and take it that with a grain of salt too yeah yeah i love that yeah and i love that you mentioned the energetics because like i I found myself like during this last training that I was doing that was heavily about energetics. It's challenging, right? It's challenging to um, give it as much value as you give the science of it. But then you also have to like give it a possibility, right? That there is maybe there is something there that we don't know and we can't measure yet, um, but we can sense. And maybe that's valid, um, as valid as like a scientific study. But then, yeah, is that is that teachable? Is that replicable? Mm-hmm. Is that... Um, yeah and and so our wording around energetics might have to be they have to be what they are like broad general very non-scientific and you have to go in with it knowing that it's not you know yeah um and accepting that you know right now we don't have tools to measure this but so what it's still powerful totally and I think I think that kind of circles around like bringing more invitation into class instead of yeah like we're gonna do back bends it's energizing it might friggin exhaust you Yes. You know, so yeah. maybe yeah. this, depending on what you did on your day, could give you some like invigoration, potentially if you want to lie down in the back of the class and that feels better and that re-energizes you, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that one's, that one's a really, really important one. Keep asking why. I love it. Yeah. Um, my turn? Yeah. 
Okay, music. We wanted to do a whole podcast about music. I feel like we're going through these so fast. <laughs> oh, we got a lot though. These <laughs> okay. are like supposed to be short and sweet. So yeah, got it's it. true. Um, so when it comes to music, we we've already learned certain things about the vagus nerve that um, music and speech even and and vocalizing does help stimulate portions of the vagus nerve that innervate that area, um, and it has this upward effect into your brain to help calm you down and chill the fuck out um so yeah just about music in a classroom and setting the stage in a classroom that you can you can have a super powerful effect on people's nervous system um if that's not very deliberate so for example like in orange theory classes you can do a very deliberate like stimulation by putting on i don't know like j-lo crazy Is like J-Lo, j-lo stimulating uh, yeah, like any kind of dance type music. Yeah, man. That kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and you can do the opposite with music. You can do very similar things with your voice. Um, so yeah, it's just a important consideration. And, and whether you use music or not. Yeah, so questioning, like, are you make, using music to make people feel something? Is that the intention of the class to change how people are feeling? Or are you creating a class where you give people space to process feelings? Yeah. I'm not saying one is right or wrong, but just kind yeah, of yeah. We're not judging. That. Like I teach a, a hip hop yoga class, right? Yeah, like, we're not judging either, but just be be deliberate. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. All right, um, I want to say that you don't have to be like Sandy and myself and be really passionate about the physical body and the physical practice of yoga, but I think it's extremely valuable to educate yourself on the basics and that is even if you don't know anatomical terms just like maybe the basics of how to modify certain postures to get people out of pain and allow your students to feel safe because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day if you're doing a yoga class that is has movement and physical a physical practice which is most of them um, mm-hmm. people will come up against things where they feel unsafe in their body and you don't need to know what connects where necessarily, but giving them options. So that takes some education yeah. and refinement and that really takes a sense of curiosity and asking your students. And you might even have a student where they come up against something in class, you try to give them modification, they can't do it. Just choose another pose that has nothing to do with that pose where you know they feel safe. Yeah. And then maybe after class, you say, okay, can we come back to that? And do you mind if I just put you in this? Like, how is this feeling? And you might just yeah. look at their body and look at the form. You'll start to notice positions in joints and kind of connect those dots between how postures are made. And you really don't even know, have to know, like, what connects where. Yeah. I love what you said about like, take them out of the posture and just put them in something where they actually do feel safe because ultimately, um, the posture, any benefit of any posture is not worth your nervous system getting all jacked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like if low lunge is too stimulating, it hurts your knee, you're, you're like wincing, you're, you're holding back the pain. Um, but you really want to do it because everyone else is doing it. You got to create the space that gives them the permission to be like, no, it's not worth it to make this about enduring pain. This is not like, yeah. you know, exactly. It's not, not that kind of class. Well, you have to do it for a minute, Sandy, or else the magic doesn't happen and you're not a good yogi. Mm, <laughs> damn it. 
I fucking want some magic. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. No. Just yeah. jokes. No. Jokes. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> All right, you go. Oh, my next one was actually pretty simple. Just this idea that um, we've talked about tensegrity holding us together. And we all know that tension, um, like too much tension in the muscles, in the fascia, can restrict movement. Um, uh, and so this idea that you, you need space first in order to have the ability to move yourself into that space. Um, and one of the reasons I, I put this one on it was because so you can see people rolling, like, for example, rolling your shoulders around in circles. Some people get really stuck in, in even this movement of rolling their shoulders in circles. Um, and that's that's like you you can't roll your shoulders in circles if the shoulder blade is completely glued to your ribs. You have to be able to loosen up that tension first which is one of the reasons why um in some traditions yin is practiced first and then it's a yang practice um to create the space and then create the strength to support the space um so it's just an important concept especially if you're working with really tight people who do very very repetitive um small range of motion things like cycling and uh running and rowing and you're not like fully extending you're just repeating 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 we know that tightens fascia um so just tailoring practices and um yeah making space before you can own the space and then the whole psychological part of that to make the space within your brain so that you can choose what you want to fill that space with and own it mm-hmm. i love that anyway yeah okay thoughts <laughs> that was perfect <laughs> Um, I think this one kind of is very similar to the things I rambled about previously. So question dogmatic cues that are applied to all shapes. Yeah. 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 That's like a repeat of before. <laughs> we talk about that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just question them. Yeah. I'll, leave, yeah. I'll leave it there and go. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my oh, next wait, one sorry. Was about- can I go back? Oh, wait. yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll you can. say this. <laughs> I'm going to pile my next one. I'm going to pile my next one. I'll, yeah, I'll put these two together. Okay. For example, for example, draw your shoulder blades down your back all the friggin' time in every pose. No, no, no people. No, you can lift your shoulder blades up. (laughs) You want your shoulder blades to move around your back together around the sides, closer to like the sides of your ribs. You want them to go up. You want them to go down. You want them to go in all different directions sometimes you want them to go up if you're practicing for a handstand you actually your shoulder blades need to like elevate and so they actually properly protract upwardly rotate rather you need that to happen if you're drawing your shoulders down your back and you're trying to put your arms over your head the head of the humerus is not going to stabilize in the glenoid fossa very well so if your arms are overhead lift them lift your shoulder blades lift your shoulders as much as you want Mm-hmm. Done. Also, be careful with your rotator cuff. That bad boy is finicky. Yeah. And just, <laughs> but if you always practice dragging your shoulder blades down your back with your arms over your head, when you go to put weight on it, it's not going to do very well. But do you lift your shoulders by your ears all the time and just stay like that permanently? No. So just, guys, it just moves or folks, it goes all directions. Yes. Ask questions. Yeah. No dogmatic keys, especially with shoulders. <laughs> Yeah. And just because you heard it once in one pose does not mean it's applicable to all postures. Yeah. So very body, individual 
posture and tension individual cues around the shoulder I mean around anything but like I, I just that's the most common thing is like yeah. always like drop your shoulders draw your shoulders down your back like my arms are over my head it's just one of those things I want to tell a lot of teachers you can no. lift them lift them spread them get them up yeah feels super good upwardly rotate your scapula I think we have a whole episode on what upward rotation is about and just lifting your shoulders by your ears and getting your rib cage up and like stretching mm-hmm. out all the fascia that's kind of just your shoulders are down and sitting and very stagnant for a lot of the day anyways okay sorry you go now <laughs> <laughs> sensing a rant <laughs> it's all good yeah. um yeah uh, so my 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 uh, next point kind of connects to that <clears throat> so just about fascia um I wanted to do a podcast on the memory stored within fascia because so fascia is the wrapping of all the muscles. And so when you do something a lot, your fascia gets strengthened and tightened um, to support you to do that thing. And so some people say that there's um, a memory in fascia and it's not like muscle memory of the nervous system. It's the the rebounding effect of fascia itself that's physically changed to, su- to support you in whatever it is you're doing. Um, and it, it's just an imp- interesting idea that the, the it's not just your nervous system that has a innate intelligence, but the fascia, the wrapping and the, the space filler has an intelligence as well to make you a really efficient human being. Um, and this all just points to the fact that fascia science is a very new, new science. We don't know so much about the human body and we're continually discovering more, which is why I want to like I leave room for this energetic body. Right. Like what what if who knows? What if we just can't measure? What if one day we come out with this like scientific device that measures aura? and we can see like the shitty people and the people who are chill like <laughs> what's gonna happen then right like a speed gun you just go around and you're like oh you're having a shitty day <laughs> it's like you need to go to yoga man <laughs> like wouldn't that be so cool and it's maybe just it's like we're just we're in like the dark ages of this maybe um who knows um so when it comes to fascia like i i have all these questions about the movements within it like water mm-hmm. we know that fascia stores water well fascia moves and it moves the water within it what about what if there's something in that that we don't even know about yet that inf- impacts movement or impacts our structure um yeah mm-hmm. so just just stay curious ask questions and if you are a scientist please do <laughs> If you could do this research, I would love to read it. Water in fascia and memory in fascia. Yeah, there's like that big fascia conference. Is it every year or every oh, couple of years? Four, every four, four years. years. Oh, it's like the Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics of fascia conferences. And I'm sure every four years there's so much new stuff because four years of research is a ton. So I feel like it was last fall, maybe. Or maybe the one before. Oh, maybe the one before. Yeah, I think so. So that's that's cool. There's a lot of research out there for fascia, so keep checking that out if that's an area that kind of makes your spidey senses feel tingly and good. Yeah. All right. My next yeah. one, admit to not knowing. Ooh. It's super important to say I don't know. And it's very liberating for the teacher or the student to be able to open up and acquire that knowledge. Because if you pretend to know something, or even if you know something in one way, being open to learning things in various ways for various reasons is 
just more it gives you I want to say power but it yeah I don't know it's very I think as a young (laughs) or a, a newer teacher if that if that's you I mean teacher at any stage especially when you start like oh I don't know if someone asks you something I'm not really sure like I maybe this this but I'm not sure I'll go look that up ask yeah. other teachers go to your resources and find out yeah I think that's great um yeah okay okay Done. my next one was about repetition um so I know I've, I've already mentioned like repetitive movement as producing tension, like running, you can feel it, cycling, you can feel it, rowing, like any of those little, little short movements. Um, but repetition also has like a really strong, um, strong possibility to heal you or to correct imbalances um, or even just to move you in a different way that brings some new awareness or blood flow or circulation um, to a spot. Like, for example, if you came up with like a really creative flow, um, I think my message is to give people a chance to repeat certain things so that Um, the second time can be a little bit more sensitive to all of the things that flow has come to offer. Um, So what I I see a lot in new teachers is this desire to constantly create like the the most beautiful flowing sequence of postures, um, the most intelligent sequencing towards a peak pose. um, And what gets lost in the way is the experience of it all. So sometimes just holding still and feeling how warrior two is feeling after doing your, your, your sequence. It's like a really nice stop just to calm things down and to appreciate it. Um, yeah. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Is my next one is more is not better. So going into like adding on to what you said with the, these like beautiful dance, like choreographed long sequences that get every little part of your body. You do it all on one side first and then you do the other side after. And they're <laughs> yeah, like, like half an hour. 30 intricate <laughs> transitions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your leg is like shaking. Yeah. Like things are, it's cool. And the creativity is lovely to be able to play around with from a teaching perspective. Um, but what is that? What is your intention as a teacher for your students just to like look fancy and someone being have someone say like oh that class is really cool because I think teachers can get steered in the wrong direction when that's the reaction of students to their class like oh that was a cool class instead of just like that was a solid class that was like simple and accessible for everyone in the class I can't say enough like how powerful that shit is you do like a a warm-up I want to say kind of like a flow and it is that does not mean quickly whatsoever but leading a few or street uh <laughs> my words just like exited my brain <laughs> anyways putting a few <laughs> different uh poses together sequencing some poses together very simply like three to five and repeating it like two to three times on each side yes exactly especially in the beginning like those more accessible postures with mm-hmm. and then maybe you do it slow once or twice and a little more time at the pace of your breath um and let let it do its job right the postures have so much power just let it let it like sink in yeah and that doesn't mean it has to be the same every time like you can add in some creativity there 
um, off the bat where maybe you're putting in a side plank right away, which is a simple shape. Nothing's in a crazy range of motion. Um, I don't know. You go like low lunge to side plank or something, but it can be like out of the norm and, but still be accessible to everyone and you can create that repetition. So yeah, doing more like every pose in the book is not necessarily better. (laughs) Yeah. I've taken a bunch of those kinds of classes. Yeah. Um, so just adding on to that, I haven't written this one down in my list of things. Oh shit. I lost it. What was it? Uh, oh, I remember now. Okay. So just to be really, um, to start to think about what you want your students to leave the room feeling. Um, because I think you're, you hit the nail on the head when you said like, yeah, I want to impress that one or two advanced student that just loves the, the really intricately choreographed 30 different poses, you know, 10 different transitions, lay down on your back, get up, stand up, all these, you know, weird, crazy things. Um, but for a lot of people, the best thing you could do for them is to give them the feeling that they can, they've rested and they have more energy leaving the space than they did coming in. Mm-hmm. More energy to do their day, to do their chores. They're not as um, not as beaten up by life, if that makes sense. And like enthusiastic. Like that's what I, I've been like really working on. Like how do I allow people to come up from this yoga space and not be exhausted? Mm-hmm. We're already exhausted. We're so exhausted. There's so many ways to exhaust yourself. Why am I giving them a practice that gives them another opportunity to do that and think that it's a good thing. Yeah. 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 That's that super important. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And there's, there's technique, there's techniques to, um, allow people to feel more rested, right? Like infusing your practice with pauses. Mm -hmm. Don't constantly move them. Stand, feel, breathe. Give them a seven to 10 minute Shavasana. If they fall asleep, they needed it. So let them fall asleep. So what? Um, Give them opportunities to rest. Give them poses that don't just drain and take, 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 right? Poses that like give back. And and there's so many of those that you can like actually thread in um, within your practice. And sometimes it's it's about time, like play with duration, stay in something, breathe in something. I hear too often and victim of it myself as a teacher as to like teachers and it's not that they say it, it's the way that they say it of, of giving like a couple minutes at the end of the class before Shavasana to do whatever posture you feel you need, but it's in, and I, I get that and I, I don't think that's a bad thing, but it's in that like guilty way of like, oh, I didn't include wheel. Like <laughs> I know all you guys want to do wheels. Oh, so I know really? some of you guys like hate a class that doesn't have that or I know you guys want that or your class doesn't feel complete so if that's you go ahead um yeah yeah Yeah. I I I get that students want or it happens in like a time in your practice not for everyone for for a lot of students where like this one pose feels so good and it might just be like the antithesis to like whatever they're doing all day like if you're sitting at a desk all day and you could you just need that intense back bend to like get you back upright I get it, but yeah, maybe using language to empower people instead of feeling like you're disempowering yourself as a teacher by feeling like that guilt that you didn't put it in or you feel like you have to give someone the chance because I don't know how to explain that. I just something to look at and maybe you stop doing that and 
between classes, there's always time you can after class. Say if you want to do your wheel after your shavasana, go ahead. I want to put it in. Yeah, you. it's such a toughie. You gotta eh? put it in. Yeah, I kn- I know what you mean. It's like that balance of like trying to satisfy what they they think they need and trying to give them what you think they need, um, and then like who actually knows the answer to that? It's it's very very tough. And because pe- sometimes it's us, sometimes it's them. People that want it bad enough will just not listen to you, and they'll just do it's it. It's true. So maybe <laughs> that's true. fine, and that's fine too. Like I get that. Like some people have certain postures that they they just like need to do this butt stretch, or else they'll have like a pinchy thing in their butt. Yeah, it's more like a physio exercise. Yeah, at that so point. like yeah. you don't yeah. really necessarily have to say it if someone feels strongly enough that they want to do that pose, they're gonna go and do it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it might be it, it might be helpful to frame poses in a different light. So rather than um, you know, because maybe they think that wheel will help their backs because um, someone's told them that. You know, like, oh, if you sit at a desk all day, I, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe framing it in the, the fact that, number one, if you come in with enough energy and you don't feel depleted, then go ahead, do a wheel. Number two, um, if you feel like you could, if you feel like your back still needs it, then do it. But I've done so many cobras that anatomically, I don't think you need it anymore. Because cobras actually, I feel like cobra is more powerful then wheel. If you're talking about correcting posture, cobra goes against gravity. You're going to use your erector spinae so much more. Um, yeah, unless you want to like, you know what I mean? Peck, peck, lat opening, then you'll go arms overhead. Yeah, but then but you can different. do a side stretch that's so much better than wheel. Totally. Like a, a really good side stretch. Um, so I think, yeah, like getting maybe, maybe starting to get your purpose for wheel a little bit more specific as well mm-hmm. might be really helpful. And I, and I hear that with shoulder stand too. Those are like the two most common. If you want shoulder stand, do it. Yeah. And then other people are like looking, they don't know how to do it and they're trying to do it based yeah. on what other people are doing. And yeah. But yeah. just like if you yeah, a put a sequence together in your head or you, you are threading a series together, whether you have it completely defined before you walk into teach or not just like knowing mm-hmm. the shapes and where you're going and having those go-to postures that balance out the rest of the practice so you are getting like a full body like you do some back bends you do some forward bends you do some side bends mm, you do some yeah. twists yeah you know all the jazz yeah 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 I, i'm just thinking back now to like my thursday morning class which is like a 7 a.m mm-hmm. um and yeah like i've designed that class to be a prepare to sit on your ass all day class so there's like a ton of shoulder opening there's a ton of um gentle chest opening and then back strengthening Mm. and there's lots of hamstring work and there's hip flexors right and that's what we do every single week really really consistently um and yeah i like no one in that class we never do wheel because i think it's too it's too stimulating <laughs> it's like in the morning especially first thing in the morning all... it's a lot that's a big pose for it's a huge unless you're pose for very your back. well practiced in that yeah so yeah yeah and then like some gentle inversions um but I always frame my inversions in that class like I want you to hold this so if you can't hold it this is not the time for the struggle and the learning this is the time to because it's a, it's a 15 minute class five zero mm-hmm. so I try to be really efficient and being like yeah, this is not the time to hold it. I, uh, this is not the time to learn it. This is the time to hold it. So hold preparation and get the benefits of, you know, mind clarity, stronger arms, uh, more open shoulders. Um, 
Yeah. And then we'll learn it like in a class that's longer that we have more time to prepare. Yeah, that's perfect. Anyway, it's just my my thoughts. Okay, I will bump up one of mine that I just thought of I put at the bottom, which maybe we've already been talking about. Keep it simple. Nice. I mean, I get that you have intermediate and advanced classes for sure. But for the general class, for the mixed bag levels class, um, you can have kind of different stages, if you want to say, or modifications of certain postures and shapes. But always go back to like the simplicity of the practice and what the simple practice brings people like this gives them the space to feel and to have that awareness and the space to actually breathe at a rate that is accessible um, Mm -hmm. to make shapes like everybody should be able to do a form of the twist that you're teaching without pain. I'm teaching my friend right now who's also my boss in my government job and we do the simplest shit like yeah so simple low lunge warrior two i do a balance pose we do a couple flows i do yeah like i'm nothing in there is crazy whatsoever but it's like i'm watching her the whole time cueing into where i see she's not using certain muscle groups and giving her space in between and she's like this feels so good and it feels my hip doesn't hurt anymore after one class her hip didn't hurt anymore oh amazing good job now yeah and but it's like I mean I'm not saying like yoga is magic but it's just the way you, like, you doesn't need to be super fancy and crazy yeah. and she's like I'm having a really hard time finding a class that this is what I want I just simple and basic and it's accessible yeah. and it does the yeah. work <laughs> and I can breathe oh yeah how far have we come from that you know yeah like god like a studio class can't give that to people anymore that's kind of sad and I like when I get a challenging posture in a class and I try it but it's if I don't if it's not offered to me and I have done a couple of all the basics like a couple twists instead of one really hard twist without doing a twist beforehand you know like things Mm -hmm. are warm and I've practiced stability and flexibility throughout my practice I feel like a million bucks I don't care like I couldn't don't need to do anything harder than warrior two and then like a standing balance and then like the lunges and the side bends and the twists like I yeah I it just feels good so yeah yeah, Yeah. like when in doubt simplify simplify there's a lot especially with social media there's so many complicated things you can make things super super jazzy take one or two of those and then like drop that in three quarters of the way through class but the whole practice should be more simple and I think I think like if you want to be that teacher that um is insta famous and does come up with these beautiful creative flows just know that your audience is going to be different Right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be attracting the person who um, sits at the desk. All, may, like Maybe maybe you will. But for a large portion of, of people, you might actually be um, like repelling them because this isn't accessible enough. Yeah. This is like they feel like half the class they can't do. They can't even keep up. They can't even breathe. Um, and so, yeah, you're not you're not going to be the teacher for them. And what I feel is that it's just such a pity um, because they are the, the those people like Nat's uh, boss are the people that really, really need this, who are um, 
pushed out by the the style of yoga that so many of us practice now and that we love right but it's it's not right for everyone Mm -hmm. so you don't have to teach the way you think is going to make you successful um because there is so much audience for simple yoga Mm -hmm. such a big audience for simple yoga um yeah can i just drop a thing it's not it's just like top of my mind sure go um I've recently been like practicing yoga nidra. Um, one of my teachers was teaching it to us and I just, I like love, love, love it because even um, like 30, 40 minutes of it and it feels like you slept for the entire night yet there's so much energy in the brain. It's like the brain is so refreshed. Um, and I, I taught like a mini yoga nidra the other night and um, the the people coming out of the class were just like, oh my God, like the same thing. I felt like I slept 15 hours and I feel so good. I was so drained when I came to class and now I feel so good. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want to hear. Like, I don't, like you didn't nail a handstand, so what? But you feel like you can take on the rest of your day. Like, that's so great. Like, I've done a good job. Mm -hmm. Like, good, good job, Sandy. That's (laughs) so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's knowing what you want to give as a teacher, right? Like, do you want to be the flowy teacher? Like, oh, I felt like I, I haven't ever moved like that. You know, oh, I just literally loved moving. Like, that's great. But you're not, you might not get the person that says, I have so much energy for the rest of my day who needs it. And, and like those people, there's so many of them wired and tired. Adrenals are shot. <laughs> so, so many. Yes. Yeah, big yes to that. Um, mm-hmm. But on like one other thing to the teaching that the more simpler forms. As a teacher, if you if you're like, okay, that's super boring, just teaching like low lunge, then like a side bend, and <laughs> if yeah, you, it is. It it, is. It, well, it can be, but like you have to investigate as a teacher. I think you have to. It really, the art of teaching the bigger poses, if you will, is to figure out like all of the intricate pieces and those come from the basics like in low lunge there should be like 30 things that you can say about that pose (laughs) there can be that's kind of true there's so much and you can pick like Mm -hmm. two or three of them and probably talk for way longer than you need to Uh, (laughs) so it's like I can see you doing that was your so ass well like it's just like (laughs) what, what do you like are you working on ankle stability and low lunge? So that's true. How mm-hmm. is your ankle feeling like pushing through the heel, pushing through the ball, of the big toe, pushing through the outer edge of the foot? Maybe you practice lifting your toes and pushing down. How does that turn on your glutes? There's so much you there's so much and there's so many ways to do low lunge, like mm-hmm. 15 to 20 ways, probably if you're adding in arm things and twisting and side bending and all that jazz. So it can yeah. look simple, but it doesn't necessarily mean like you're teaching less that's like why yes. like yes. create the more simple shape that's accessible and you're actually putting way more into it and getting more work done yeah yeah that's great I love that yeah was it your go oh. now yeah I think I jumped in yeah I think it's your official turn I think I'm on my last one okay um just this idea of uh pass on information don't own it and trademark it and think that it's yours to give Mm. so this is yoga you don't own it none of us own this yeah none of us own this right this is a this is a tradition this is a knowledge um that 
like wildly predates us, like wildly, <laughs> like very, very many ger- generations stand between us and the source of where our, wherever this, you know, however many years this came from, many generations. So it's not yours. You didn't create low lunge. It's not yours to say to someone that their knee needs to be straighter. Like, um, so teach from a place where you are simply passing on this knowledge that you've gained, that you've like very gratefully gained from your teachers and it's passing through, yes, your lens of your eyes and your brain. Um, but for you to trademark it, dictate it, be like, this is the way we do it. And this is the tradition. Well, that's not yours to say. Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's so interesting how the, the teachers that have done that, like created a practice of a series of postures. Then we could name a couple. You guys know. Um, have have been the people that have stepped outside the box so it's really ironic they've like yeah. they've learned and then been like okay I like it this way but they've gone and done something completely different from their teacher and then yeah. said this is the way to do it don't do it differently from yeah. this yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like the irony just yeah. in that like examine oh man. examine that so if you've experienced much. that right <laughs> Yeah, this is like the yoga politics of it yeah. all, right? Um, but I think that's a large part of it. Like just to, as a teacher, do the work inside yourself. Why do you feel like it's yours? Why? What, how, in what way is this yours? In what way do you identify with this, right? Mm-hmm. And like just to see what's healthy and not because that leads you down this road of it's really not healthy for you yourself and your, your mental health to think that, you know, that you own this yoga. You don't. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Super important. To to kind of links into my next message. It's kind of like on the subject of that that um it's necessary to be vulnerable in doing that, I think. Practice vulnerability in mm. saying this is not mine. I'm in this learning process as well. Where yeah. can we ask questions together? Um so my next one is for teachers, the connection that you create with your students is what's important, not the subject that you focus on. So that mm-hmm. could be on the common ground of questioning various things in the practice. It can be mm-hmm. like, you can be, like we said, like more energetically focused. You can be focused on the chakras. You can be focused on the hormonal impacts. You can be focused on the spiritual effects. You can be focused on so many things. Yeah. Yoga for um, things that we categorize as the experience of depression and anxiety for sleep. Da, 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 da. It can be anything, but it's really like that connection that you have with your students that's important. It's not like that I am the biomechanics yoga teacher and that's the right way. Yeah. It's the conversations that you have as a normal person with your students that is kind of, I think, a pretty important part of the group classes. Um, and not yeah. everyone wants to interact, like have that social interaction. They just want to go there, put their head down and do their thing. But to have, I guess, be open to any type of conversation is going to benefit your student, like period. Yeah, I wanted just to quickly add. So in, in really early days, I would feel like the yoga teacher was like talking directly to me. Did you ever get that yeah, feeling? Yeah. Yeah. And then like in your mind, you, you talk back. Do you ever do that? Yeah, yeah. 
totally yeah so that's that's also a connection even though it's like a one-sided and like as a yoga teacher now I can see my students talking back to me you yeah. know I can, I can see them like whether they're rejecting something I've said or questioning it or like you know like feeling it so there is a connection even if it doesn't feel even if it's not a conversation there, there's definitely a connection mm-hmm. um and honestly I think that's one of the biggest things I see between um a teacher who has lots of people come to his or her class and a teacher who, um, you know, just never makes it as a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much less about the postures and the sequencing and it's much more about connection, communication, talking, openness, um, all those good, like human, they're very, very human things. Yeah. And it's really awkward because you're having a conversation and like you said you're you're not getting words back it when you when yeah. you're presenting yourself like in the in the class um yeah there's nothing back but you might it might just be like the energetics of the class or the the looks on people's faces is hard even because people can have like game face like i do yeah you, know? you don't know you don't but know it, what's going on you really just have to practice like saying something and the the void the void is there and like your comfort and that's a whole other practice as well so being yeah. okay with not receiving anything validation yes. yeah my teacher says you have to have more prana than anyone else in the room you have to have more confidence than anyone else in the room and I think that's always been like yeah that's been true to my experience when you say something that you're not sure of there like anyone can feel that but if you say something that like I experienced this and I know this then it's like no one will dispute that, you know, and you want to give them a practice that comes from that space within yourself, you know, like you felt very good after this or like like my yoga nidra, I felt so good after this. I want to give it to mm-hmm. you. Um, like no one's going to just, no one's going to be like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> like, And if they do, they're not your people, I say. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You're not there to kind of dictate what's right and wrong. It's more of a sharing. Yeah, yeah more of a sharing. For sure. I got no more things to say. Okay, we can discuss these last couple together. Um, Sweet. So I wanted to say that you as a person know what's right for yourself. Like deep, deep, deep down inside of you, you know what's right for you. So mm. I came across this challenge actually talking with you about teaching in Victoria and then also having the conversation of ending the podcast. Yeah. When someone is complimenting you and saying like, but you're such a good teacher, you should teach or you have all these skills, you should should teach. You have to like dig (laughs) really deep because I know as a human, like how much, where my energy is spent in my day and what I like to do energetically, like for my work. And I've questioned, like I have taught full time and now I teach one person a week privately for free which is friggin awesome and I really have to just shut out all the external voices that are there to support me and are from like a place of love but to be like what Mm. do I feel like what do I feel like is best for me and sometimes this I use like kind of imagery yeah or like I can just like imagine like this it's kind of like a tool I use to figure out where I'm going in my life like what is my what does my ideal like life look like? Like, what does it feel mm. like to me? Yeah. Yeah. And it's always been living somewhere where I have access to the outdoors. Like it's always trees. I always see trees. 
Oh. Actually, she'd see trees more than the ocean, which is kind of crazy. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So it's always like me and the trees when that's like something I need to have access to for sure. And then yeah. if I'm working full time during the week and teaching in the evenings or on the weekends, like where are my trees? <laughs> <laughs> that's so and of hilarious course it's like and true. Being with my husband, like spending time together, super chill time. For me, there yeah. needs to be time where there's nothing scheduled. Like as I get older, that's very, very important. And that's okay to not be productive in every single minute of your life. Like yeah, that is that is practice. productive for me. Is yeah, not, that is such a practice. Yeah, and it's hard because yeah. I like a lot of things. I'm super passionate. I want to mm-hmm. do all the things every day. I wish mm-hmm. the day was 36 hours or more. I know and. But it's really hard. Like you just got to close your eyes and think. And like you do know deep down what is best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did that exercise actually with my therapist, like putting down on a piece of paper what you want your life to feel like in one year, what you want your life to look like um, and what you want to like spend your time on. Um, and it's it's super beneficial at regular intervals, I feel like you should be, we should all be doing that kind of thing, like that kind of self-reflection um, pretty regularly. And just mm-hmm. how do I work towards feeling that way? Um, and one of the things for me was to feel peaceful, if you can believe that. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm a fucking yoga teacher. Yeah. And I didn't feel peaceful, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so that's something I had to like also work through. It's really difficult too, just with how much life costs financially. Because then you can imagine the thing like, okay, I want to be, I want to have a family and be in a house. You think that's the thing that's going to make you feel happy. But like the house costs the dollars. So you, then you got (laughs) to do, make some dollars. You're back to doing three jobs to make the dollars to be in the house. And you're like, well, now I'm like really stressed out in that house. Yeah. So are you going to change the way? you're living or a really modest house like stop watching home renovation shows <laughs> yeah yeah like just yeah less material maybe just pare it down change like what does it where do you where what does the happiness actually look like and or like how are you are you accessing that happiness yeah. and I think that's one of those like when you say how how do you want your life to feel that's what really gets mm-hmm. it you know like Cause yeah, you can say, I want the house. You can say, I want the cars, but like, what does that make you feel Mm -hmm. like and why? Right. And, and like when you really, really examine that feeling of it, you'll see that it's so like, sometimes it's so temporary or sometimes it's like, it comes at this huge cost, like you're saying of your time. And then you don't have time to feel that way. Um, you don't have time to enjoy the big TV because you're too busy paying it off. Um, yeah, it's just really it's really interesting but yeah I think these are all really important questions to ask regularly yeah big big life questions yeah and sorry for uh pressuring you to teach no it's you shouldn't (laughs) be you like you see that I have the skills and that I can help people and that I'm also very passionate about that nothing is wrong with what you've ever Mm. said (laughs) it's just like I physically cannot do it <laughs> otherwise oh, yeah. I, I, would. I totally get it i get it i get it if only we could clone um like everything like because cloning is only genetic like i want to clone like all the epigenetics yeah 
that would be so cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it yeah. is hard like when people that you're in like a close relationship with are encouraging you because it comes from a place of love. Like that's really when you just mm-hmm. got to bear down and like close your eyes and because yeah. it can be really easy to say yes to things that you love to do. But like there, yeah. there are time you have to sleep. <laughs> there are, <Yeah>. there are <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, like the people who love you will understand. They're totally. not, they're never going to be like, you don't need to sleep. That's like, exactly it. Like would... no one's yeah. living in your body and no yeah. one knows how things feel except for you and you have to live with yourself every single day so whether that's like the weird choices you make with your diet that everyone thinks you're a weirdo about or like the (laughs) fact that you drag your ass out of bed five times a week to go to yoga yoga in the morning just so you'll be like a sane human and you'll feel good (laughs) even though like you hate getting up in the morning like you just you know your boundaries and or maybe it's just sleeping and you know you know stuff like that Mm mm-hmm Okay. Yeah. Next one is it's okay to change. In fact, it's necessary, which kind of goes on what we're talking about. But so yeah, like I think you and I, just with respect to the teaching space, have experienced like needing to change our teaching schedules when I was teaching full time, and it's really hard talking to those students. And you mean like they, you feel like you're letting them down. Um, They'll say things that make you feel like you've upset them like like not really but it's like oh no I really like you and you're like I feel bad Mm -hmm. like you feel bad but life you have to change you have to move on it's just life you can't if you're staying stagnant like if you just taught the same yoga classes or did the same job or ate the same like anything change is super necessary in how we evolve Yeah, totally. It's it's necessary for growth. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're on that. All right. Your last two. <laughs> okay. Over on to food and food and health, food related stuff. Uh, yes. Food. So I like research the shit out of health and food related things because <laughs> my system is like very sensitive to what I put in my body. And I can tell with my skin or my hormones or my energy and all this stuff is like very affected and I can feel it and some people can put whatever and they're pretty I don't know hello yeah. <laughs> it shows up for I mean, you there's, it shows there's up signs. for you and it shows, it shows up, up but like you. they're they're ignorable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so I'm just gonna like give the cold notes of where I am right now in my health journey and what people might look into for gut health and well like a lot of things stem from your gut but anyways so and understanding your health journey that like a lot of what goes on in your gut depends on stress so the microbiome how like actual little critters that are in there and the populations that they're in there at changes when you're stressed out the amount of hydrochloric acid you produce in your stomach to kill parasites is reduced when you're stressed out. So that's why if you get a parasite, it's because you didn't have a like healthy gut system. So things, a lot of gut-related things and health-related things in general can go back to stress. And that's why yoga and meditation and yoga nidra are such good practices as a like holistic health thing super related so like before you even get to food dealing and managing with your stress your stress is huge for your gut health 
The other thing is genetics. So like, okay, keto, vegan, paleo, eat all the fats, don't eat any fats, eat all the carbs, don't eat any carbs, da, 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 <laughs> all the things. Like I need to take vitamin D and C and K2 and whatever, all the things. Like it depends on your genetics. It really, it really does. And that's not like work everyone's going to do, but you you can understand probably from how your body reacts to certain things that you might need a thousand milligrams of magnesium a day. You might be totally fine with whatever is put in your multivitamin. So it's like, it's kind of like when we talk about yoga and dogmatic cues, it just depends. It's very personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And then into your microbiome. So the base of like what nutrients you need is well basically how your body absorbs nutrients is going to depend on the amount of digestive enzymes that you have which is affected by stress and again your little critters like the probiotics that are in there (coughs) which i would just call the microbiome um Digestive enzymes help to break down your food so that you can extract the nutrients. And you you kind of, as you get older, your body gets a little bit worse, gets a little bit lazier with producing digestive enzymes. We think of them because you hear them so often as like something that's external. They're produced in your body by your pancreas mm-hmm. and like various other organs. Um, lactose is a super common one as you get older you can't produce as much lactase so all the ases are the enzymes but you can you can take them externally and they will for a lot of people help and that's going to help you actually get your nutrients out of your food better which can help with a lot of health related nutritional deficiencies Mm -hmm. same with the probiotics and prebiotics feed your probiotics and yeah yeah, i won't go too much into that stuff but it is important (laughs) I think with this one, like on food and health, is that the body is really super resilient. It's it's built to keep us alive um, regardless of the food situation. So if you have like a lot of food or very little food, your body is going to do whatever it can to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, for a lot of us, if we have a poor diet, we can get away with it for a really, really long time before it does catch up with us. And I think the important thing to know is that um, it does, though. Yeah, <laughs> it will. Right. Um, I was a vegetarian. It took three years of being a shitty, shitty vegetarian before my iron levels were so low that I, I had to like take action because I was taking like naps all the time. I had no energy. Um, I was just so tired of being tired. Um yeah. And so just knowing that, like it takes so much time to get to the point of depletion um, that it, it, sometimes it's like, oh, why is it suddenly now that I'm iron deficient? Or why is it suddenly now that I need all this magnesium? Well, it's not. Your body just compensated. Your body just figured out a way to keep you OK for a really long time. And you should be like so grateful that you have these wonderful genetics to keep you afloat. Mm-hmm. Um and to start treating your genetics a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. We do adapt pretty well. Yes. But 
I was talking to my friend about this. She's just like, I'm just of the mindset that our bodies can adapt to like we're putting different foods in our bodies. Our bodies can adapt and they'll get the nutrients out of our foods. Like, well, yes. No, that's it's like to a point. Like, yes. Yeah. But that's also called mutation and disease. Like when we have disease, that is a form of adaptation and your body. So your body is changing the way it does something like even cancer is a form of adaptation to how your your cells are reproducing like using energy it doesn't mean it won't hurt you or you might I don't know like have really bad acne or there's so many other things right like there are adverse effects that you're you can stay alive and your body will adapt but it's not like you're feeling great and you are air quotes normal you know like <laughs> yeah normal is such a you're not optimal you're totally. not like the best physical specimen of humanity that you can be for sure if you're just feeding yourself junk and you're not and you're not paying attention because i think yeah like there yes you can adapt to a lot of things but there will be little signs yeah. there will be little things that your body's telling you and we take those things as normal but they can actually if you read them as not normal then you might be prompted to take some action. Like for instance, caffeine makes my boobs hurt when I have my period. When I go off of caffeine, my boobs don't hurt. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, it's not, that sign is not so serious. Like it's ignorable, right? Like, so what? My boobs hurt, whatever. Like it's not so bad that- Because we're told that's normal, right? Like that's normal. Yeah. Inner. Like breast tenderness is normal with your period. Well, not for me. (laughs) Not if I cut out caffeine. I'm I'm perfectly okay for the entire month and during the cycle. So your boobs yeah. got way bigger. Like I was with you <laughs> one of our trainings and you're like right before your period and like I swear they doubled in size. Yeah, they get big. Yeah. yeah. It's like swollen. not that's not good in the long term. But anyways. Yeah, I'm fucking with my estrogen exactly. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. By the way, I, I ordered like a decaf coffee yesterday. I think he put caffeine in it. <sighs> I think he forgot. Uh. Ugh. I know. I was like, I cannot sleep. I am so awake. I'm so alert. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway. What can you do? There's a lot of things that you can, it just like, I think, I hope that leads people in the right direction ish when they're looking at their health, because it's really easy to like read a blog and be like, you need magnesium. And then you're like, do I? And then it's like, okay, you also need like vitamin D you need (laughs) iron and you need, and like all these things are actually great. And the general public does need more of, but like there's all the herbs and like so many so like you go to whole foods and you look at the wall and you're just like i need everything oh my gosh yeah (laughs) oh my goodness it's it's really personally dependent working on your stress is always going to be beneficial putting a mix of raw and cooked vegetables into your system and if you can handle meat better pasture raised grass fed if you can financially afford that and or if you have access to it and healthy fats like omega-3 for your brain and inflammation but yeah i could yeah just eat eat food eat real food don't eat like packaged shit and like have a treat once or twice a week that's totally fine balance (laughs) i'm working on that i'm working on sandy (laughs) fucking love sugar Oh, sugar. Oh, the last okay. one I just want to say, which kind of ties into this, I would say like the first sign of imbalance in your body is your energy and your sleep. 
most mm, people that's like interesting. that is where and maybe even skin like you could have yeah skin those kind of three are like your first signs because yeah if you don't have wake up naturally in the morning have good energy through the day and then get tired in the evening and go to sleep and sleep soundly that's like that's hard for me i'm just gonna like i'm not saying that i'm perfect at that but that is where you notice that things could be more optimal yeah i think i think for both you and i like all the things we say here are things that we we work on mm. it's not we're not perfect at any of these things. oh totally I wish we yeah, were but it's but, like to feel yeah. good when you do have one of those good days and for me that means usually starting with the movement practice some exercise maybe even like more of a cardio vascularly stimulating um movement practice I feel like a million bucks like today I did an orange theory class and I was just like this is the best day ever like I could feel (laughs) my brain just change I was like it's gonna be sunny today it's gonna be the best day ever I feel so good and like this is my day off from work like I did not have to get up at six and do that but I'm like my day is like four thousand times better my energy yeah yeah I feel that too. Yeah. When I do like cardio that actually challenges my cardiovascular system, I feel so good. Like, my, is it BDNF? Like, you could feel it like flooding your brain and just being like, wake up, make new brain I don't cells. I don't know what that is, but sure. BDNF? Oh, brain derived uh, neurotrophic yeah, yeah. factor. Yeah, it's yeah. like a miracle grow for your brain, it, it makes all the neurons yes. happy. That's what I get. Like, I can, I can feel it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's definitely, I do that practice for like my brain. And for osteoporosis, because I don't want to get Are you it. still lifting 10-pound weights? Okay, I chest pressed. I was doing <laughs> chest press today with 20s. Oh, good. Oh, I'm proud of you. Yeah. yeah. There's, good. yeah, I'm working good. on it. Yeah. And then we're going to yeah. do yoga I got up later to be the best day in the world. Sorry. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. We're, start working up to, like, the bicep curls to 15. They're still really challenging yeah. for me. But Oh, I'll get yeah. there. I'm going to get huge... No. What? I mean, my bones. See those bones. My bones are gonna be here. <laughs> <laughs> so strong. Okay, so last thing, because we we are getting pretty long, getting long, long episode. The last. Oh, last episode. Okay, okay. Uh, do you want to do the last thing? Yeah. So some podcasts that we recommend for you guys because we're not gonna be around anymore. <laughs> Sad. Grit and Grace. Grit plus sign. Grace. By Alice Grit all caps. by Allison Heilig. Oh my god, yes. did I say her last name right? I'm the worst. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Allison Heilig. She was on our podcast um, talking about her book, The Durable Runner. She's amazing. She, I love so her. her podcast is actually their little meditations. And I think she's at so this good. point in time right now, about fifteen of them. Yeah, she's super lovely, and I've heard nothing but good things about those, and I listened to a couple, and they're rad. So that is something, a little bit different, because you're not talking about a topic, but very good resource for meditation at home. Um, Soft Strength. This is by Aisha Fakro, and she was on with us. All of these people have been on with us. She was on in, which was our summer, last year. Yeah, she did the neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It was so interesting. Super smart. And she usually does interviews, I think, most of the time. She interviews really interesting people. So mm-hmm. I would just check her out. That She's awesome. Um, the last yeah. one is called With Heart and Wander by Megan Johnson. She's been on as well. She's like a restorative and nervous system 
guru based out of the Ottawa area in Canada. And she interviews people like kind of all different subjects to do with like business and lifestyle and yoga and everything. Just how you kind of like lead in a certain way and lead your life in a certain way. I would check that out also. And I do. So yeah, do it. It's cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I am definitely going to spend some time creeping on all of them. Yeah. Creep, creep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all. That's it. That's it, guys. Oh, man. Sad. Sad But good. Good. We're going to. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. It's a little bit less time at the computer for me. I'm picturing my trees. I'm going to be out in the trees. Oh, that sounds great. uh, I'm so happy. Mm -hmm. Just going to get outside a little bit more, which is what I need. Yeah. But yeah, it's been amazing doing this with you, Sandy. I've learned a ton. I've definitely been impacted by our conversations and yeah i love you lots oh me too you're like the best you're the best long distance friend i've ever had Aww, <laughs> so sweet. and we're gonna continue talking yes. right yeah. yeah yeah um i think we're both gonna still be on instagram so if you ever wanted to reach out i mean we're still around to support to mentor to talk things through um if you have any ideas uh we're happy to to listen mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, hopefully everyone has benefited and I, I personally definitely have because Nat's brain is like, I just want to live in her brain sometimes too. <laughs> it's like marvelous things are in there, rocks. All sorts of things are in here. <laughs> also, all of the people that we've ever interviewed on our podcast are just normal people and you can always reach out to them. We've always linked to their um, Instagram accounts at the very least, if not websites. And they're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, they're not international yoga teachers that don't have time for you. They are normal peeps that yeah. would love to answer your questions as well. So always, like, if you listen to it a year and a half later, reach out and they'll definitely chat with you. Yeah. All right, everyone. Last time signing mm-hmm. out. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>